0: Love Live here at Love Walk. And today we're going to uh, delve into the scripture, of course, as we do each time that we come together to find the practical application of the Word of God. So let's go ahead and look at uh, this Bible study. I think this is a really incredible um, scripture that comes out of Joshua. So this is going to be our anchor. Text, I think there's so much power in this scripture, just so much to learn from it. Um, And in my you know daily devotional, when I was reading it, it just a lot of things just jumped out at me, and I wanted to share those with you. So, if you have a moment, go ahead and grab your Bible, and we're just going to just jump into this uh, Bible study and we're going to see what it means um, to kind of. Something from the Lord. And I know that, um, you know, we're in interesting times now, and everybody has their own prayers for things that they want from the Lord, whether it's things that are in, you know, the world outside or in our home the things we're hoping to uh, see happen in our families in certain relationships in our families um, and other things that we may be looking forward to. So I think this will be a really applicable study for you. So go ahead to Joshua chapter 6 verse 4. This is going to be our anchor text um, and I'm going to read it to you and it says, And seven priests shall bear before the ark seven trumpets of ram's horn. Seventh day you shall compass the city seven times, and the priest shall blow with the trumpet. Now, I know you're thinking that there's really nothing to that scripture, it's just you know. God giving instructions to Joshua about what he has to do, but I want you to really put yourself in Joshua's place, or put yourself in the place of the people that are with him as well, and think about what that entails to walk around this city several times, you know literally say nothing, but just do this several times. And I want to show you the irony of them walking around this uh, city several times. Now, remember, this is a city. It's not just a castle or a little place. Now, they say the city was shut up straight away, but we have to remember it's a city. This is not, um, you know, this is not really just, you know, a little place, you know, it's a whole city, so you have to think about the uh, exertion that is involved in terms of walking around the city, the monotony of walking around an entire city. Now, there are small cities and municipalities, um, you know, that you can go to, and you can pretty much walk them, but it isn't an easy thing to do. So, walking the length of a city, going around a complete city. That's a bit on the tedious side. And the Lord is telling them to come past this city seven times and that the priests are going to blow the trumpet. But I want us to kind of step back, go back in time to when the Lord was speaking to Joshua about what he wanted him to do. Now, if we go up to Joshua 6 and 1, it says, Now Jericho was straightly shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. And then number two says, And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given into your hand Jericho and the king thereof and the mighty men of valor. So we're already seeing in uh, verse two that God tells Joshua plainly, I have given into your hand Jericho and the king and the mighty men of valor that's kind of like telling joshua i've given you the president you're gonna take over this complete city i've given you the president or the mayor and i've given you all of his top generals and intelligence and secret service people i've given you them all you're gonna win everything them. He tells them this before they even decide to walk around the city. That's really critical to understand that while they're walking around this city, Joshua already knows that he's been given the city, that he's going to win. And so if God has given Joshua the city, there has to be some level of patience required in order to just keep walking around this entire city for seven times. Um, You know, he's already given him that city, But he is requiring him to keep walking. And so we can learn several things from this uh, situation, from this scripture, from this text. And I want to pull, I pulled out a few, maybe you can pull out a few yourself, but I want us to sort of contemplate on this. I want Joshua having to walk around the city seven times, already knowing that he had wanted, that God had given it to him, had completely given him the victory, it required some things of him required some things of his men and of the priests who were bearing the ark and besides endurance and good footwear. So let's go ahead and see what it required. I would say the first thing it required was obedience. And we're going to look at a scripture in Samuel to see what that obedience will look like. Scripture says, and Samuel said, Has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to listen than the fat of rams. Think about that. In terms of obedience, if God has asked you to do something or He wants you to do something, a lot of things are implicit in His word things that he wants us to do and some things are very specific according to your life and your calling and what God wants you to do. But even in those things, God is asking us to be obedient in them and he delights in that more than in sacrifice and more than in some sort of fat of rams or, or the height of what you could possibly give to him. So it says in Second Peter 3 and 9, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And so we saw that the Lord um, would require obedience in this situation. But there's also the second thing that I saw that could also be required, and that's timing. More importantly, God's timing. So we're going to look at God's timing in 2 Peter uh, chapter 3, verse 9. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So you have to understand the Lord has his own timing of when he wants something to happen. And we don't know what exactly was going on in the city during the time Joshua and the men were um, compassing the city around seven times. Only God would know that. Maybe there was some way that they're walking around the city and it's causing the the bricks to loosen up. I'm not sure, but God has a timing. He knows why he wants us to do the things that he asks. So it's important for us to understand that timing is so powerful when it comes to um, doing the will of God, even when we know what the outcome will be, as Joshua did principle that we can pull out of joshua and this complete situation that they're in is we can pull out this need for belief i think this is a powerful aspect of the story of jericho we're going to look at belief in romans chapter 4 verse 3 where it says for what said the scripture Abraham believed God and it was counted to him for righteousness. So for Joshua to keep walking around that city, actually attempt to even do it or call all the men to do it and for them to actually follow him there had to be this level of belief that what they were doing mattered that what they were doing would have the expected result so we understand when God asks us to do something not only does it require obedience and it is actually on his timing but also it requires belief our faith in doing that so we've looked at those uh, elements that would be necessary in following through to get the desired result uh, that the Lord has told us. But I saw a couple of other things too. In addition to having obedience and you know relying on God's timing and of course having faith, there is that element of doing, of action. So I'm going to read from James, uh, the second chapter. We're going to start at verse 14 and it says... What does it profit, my brothers, though a man say he has faith and have not works? Can faith save him? If a brother or a sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say to them, Depart in peace, be you warmed and filled, notwithstanding you give them not those things which are needful to the body, what does it profit? Even so, faith, if it has not works, is dead being alone. Yes, a man may say, you have faith, and I have works. Show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. So it's really important for us to understand that having faith is not just saying it and it is not just believing it but understanding that our faith actually informs our actions if we believe something that the Lord has told us we act on those things we don't become despondent or despair we don't say it's too hard we don't say God isn't coming for us we have to remember as we have faith and as we act on his word that we have to incorporate those other areas like obedience his timing as well as our belief and of course this one action let's read on down to 19 you believe that there is one god you do well the devils also believe and tremble but will you know o vain man that faith without works is dead so it's really important for us to understand that when we say that we have faith and when we believe the word of the lord if we're not doing them we really are just kind of you know having a nice belief much, And belief alone isn't enough. You have to believe it enough to act on it. And then that's when you get the fruit. That That's when things happen. Um, because we know how it is the evidence of things not seen. So you're, you're doing it makes it so. You're doing it. Literally, when Peter asked, can I come out there on the water? In the doing, it happened. In the pouring out of the water, it became The breaking of the bread, it became many and it fed many. So let us be doing. If we say that we have faith, then let us also be doing. So action is a very important part of faith, acting, doing something. Directly after, you know, uh, the scriptures of... Matthew Mark there's the book of acts of doing things of deeds so that's very important to you know getting and receiving anything from the lord and to our faith and believing but there's also another aspect to the scripture in Joshua where we can pull out another aspect where we need to stand on to really begin to fulfill those things that the lord has called us to do so the next aspect i do believe that comes in this scripture is the act of glorification. I want you to remember how that um, the Lord told him to make sure to have the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant as they walked around that city. And remember in the first chapter, I'm sorry, in the first verse of chapter 16 in Joshua, it says that the city was shut up because of the children of Israel. The people were afraid around the city but they're carrying a banner they're carrying a flag that says it is the lord god most high who is the person who who is the leader of our troops they're showing and they're glorifying and giving god all of the glory and honor the work that he's getting ready to do. And I think that's really important for us as believers when we go out to do something. We must always give the glory to the Lord. And I want us to read a scripture uh, in John chapter 12. It is verse 32. It's a small verse, but it's a powerful one. And it says, and I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men to me. You know, we don't think about how powerful that is. We are to lift up the Savior, lift up his name, lift up, you know, his word. But I want you to think about that. He says, if I be lifted up from the earth, lift the Lord up from earthly things, from fleshly things. So many times we put him right on the same par with our earthly needs, our earthly wants, uh, our earthly problems, to be quite frank. And we don't put him in the place that he needs to be, in the place of glory. Sometimes we give too much power to the things that are here on earth with us, uh, the troubles, the worry, the... Sometimes the good things, the money, the power, um, the favor, sometimes we put that on a pedestal instead of the glory of God. It should all be for the glory of God. And when we want him to do something for us, we should be thinking of doing it for his glory because a lot of times we get it backwards. We think we're doing this for the Lord and in reality it is his glory that is there that we need to be sort of pushing for. So, I want to encourage you, you know, when we're thinking about the things that we do for the Lord, gaining the victory, believing, and having that counted to us for righteousness, having faith with works and showing our faith by our works, as well as having obedience and making sure to uh, listen and heed the timing. God. Let us be sure that we do that in our work and in, in our lives. And finally, the very last aspect that I was able to pull out of this scripture uh, in Joshua chapter 6 verse um, 1 through 4, I was able to pull out completion or perfection. When God has us doing something, when we're going through something Maybe there's something we're trying to accomplish. We are waiting on the Lord for. We're engaged in, um, whether it's ministry or work with your family or anything that you could be doing. And we know it is of the Lord. There is completion or perfection. The Lord is acting with us to within us to complete and perfect us. Um, and we know what perfecting means. It means to be matured. And so God is bringing something to fruition. He's bringing to fruition. With Joshua and his men, um, the uh, the the kingdom that will of David that will come and bring Jesus Christ. This small fight here of Joshua and his men around Jericho is leading towards something greater. It's leading to our Lord and Savior being on the cross without. Jericho falling, there would be no Judah. Without Jericho falling, there would be no line of Judah. And so it is all connected. The Lord is working here. There's perfection in what we do. That's why his timing is so powerful. That's why his obedience is so important. That is why our faith is so crucial to righteousness. And that's why acting and Knowing that faith without works is dead is so critical to moving forward in the things that we do. So let's go ahead and read uh, in James chapter 1 verse 4. And the Bible says in James 1 and 4, but let patience have her perfect work that you may be perfect and entire, lacking nothing. It's so important to understand that it's going to take patience to know that the Lord has given you the city, but to still walk around it seven times, carrying an ark. That takes patience, and that's it's completing something within you. Whatever you're waiting for on the Lord as you act, and as you move in faith, and have obe- obedience, and rely on God's timing, it's so critical to understand that He's perfecting something in you. Something throughout eternity. We are not singular beings living alone and in isolation of each other. We all have a part to play. Our only hope in this world, at least I know for myself, is that I might be a vessel of honor and not a vessel of dishonor. So that is our greatest hope in this world is that we're doing something that benefits and pleases our Lord. So let us remember that, that in the things that we're doing, It seems it's taking a long time, even if it seems there is delays, it's critical to note that the Lord is perfecting something, whether it's in you or someone else. You never know how your delays might be perfecting someone that you do not see. God is all-knowing and he's all-powerful. So his works they go beyond what we could even think. What more than what we could ask or think. Because a lot of times what God is doing, he's working in people's lives that we don't even know that we don't even know are being benefited or being impacted by us, so that is why obedience is so key. And that is also why timing is so important, and that you believe what he says, and that you act in faith, and also that in your acting in faith you glorify God, and of course, most importantly you of course glorify god but of course that you have patience as this all takes place so this is what we can learn from joshua six and four of course we can learn a lot of things uh, from this book but these are just a few things i pulled out maybe you're waiting for something maybe you're going through something maybe you are working towards something I want to encourage you to hang on to those aspects that I've pointed out. If you have a chance, go ahead and read Joshua chapter 6, verse 4. Also, on obedience, you can read 1 Samuel chapter 15 and verse 22. For timing or God's timing, you can read 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9. And for belief or faith, you can go to Romans chapter 4, verse 3. And for actions in faith that faith being shown by works, you can go to James chapter 2 verses 14 to 26 or to 21. You can also read about the glorification of God. The most important part of this is that God gets glory from everything we do by going to John chapter 12 verse 32 and the completion of what God has set us out to do find that in James chapter 1 verse 4. So I hope you will take some time to read on these things and meditate on what it took for Joshua, even though he knew beforehand what the Lord would do. It took these things in order to see that through. It took action. It took obedience. It took God's timing, relying on God's timing. It took faith. It took acting on that faith as well as the glorification of God and of course, the perfection, perseverance, to see it happen. I want to thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you're blessed and I hope you'll continue to learn from the Lord and I hope you'll apply this in your life as you're moving forward. Don't be discouraged, don't be let down. Glorify the Lord, be obedient, trust in His timing. Make sure your faith has actions and of course, severe God bless